first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Today's show, more of my conversation with Brandon Sprague. If you missed the first part of our chat, it's in your feed right before this one. Uh, whether you're listening on YouTube or whether you're in the whether you're listening on a podcast platform. The episode right before this, the video right before this, the first part of my conversation with Brandon, don't miss it. It was a bunch of fun. We talked uh, Blazers' sort of off-season overview and where we think they land in the West. Today, we're going to dial in on more specifics, talking Shaden Sharp, talking Gary Payton, and talking what the Blazers do with their closing lineup. Let's get into it. Joining me now, the host of Dirt and Spread, co-host of Dirt and Spread, rather, shout out to Dirt, the number one radio host on the, on the the airwaves here in Portland, co-host of Dirt and Sprague. You've heard him on Jack Ramsey's podcast, available on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. It's Brandon Sprague back on the show again. Brandon, how you doing? Uh, you know, as a third best member of my three-man show, uh, I'm feeling great. Thank you for inviting me on. I thought you'd go Dirt first. I thought you maybe in, uh, invite my producer, Jason Swigard. So it's good to be on with you. Yeah, listen, Trace, uh, we're, happy to, we're happy to have old number three on the podcast. Uh Let's, I, I want to talk, there was a video that was released today by the Portland Trailblazers social media team. And it was the most exciting video of all of August. A slow motion clip, nine seconds. Shaden Sharp shoots a jump shot. Okay, cool. He's back on the court. He's Shaden Sharp's cleared to play. He's playing basketball again. Where the hell does he fit? Where does that rookie fit? First of all, you basically are the Morgan Freeman of podcasts. I was hanging on your every description of that nine second clip. I was waiting for the swish. Well, they um, don't show the ball going. I bet he, I bet he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I haven't shot, I haven't shot jumpers in a while. My shoulder's a little messed up off to the right, but I'll get the next one. Mike, how many takes do you do from the social media side of this? Say you're, say you're the new Amara. How many takes do you do? where he misses, where eventually you just do that. You go, you know what? We're not, we don't need the results anymore. Don't. We'll just go with the motion. How many shots do you give Shaden before you send out that clip? Oh, Is the over under number six? Yeah, see, I would go lower because I'm just like, mm, okay, three. If you miss three in a row, that's, uh, we got to get, get the camera out of his face. You know, like we got to get off the, we got to get off the practice court. We're not even supposed to be here. Uh, you know, they have like a slow-mo guy. I've shouted him out of before. I'll shout him out again. Shout out to Tristan, their slow-mo video guy. He shoots on like a big old rig. And I think he was the one who, I assume he's the one who took this video. So it's like, hey, did you get the shot? It's like, yeah, but he missed. Like, just clip it early. Let's go. Mm. <laughs> that's a controversial move to, to get the slow-mo shot. And it doesn't result in a make. You just cut it before we see the result. Like that's kind of a hot take to do, I would guess, in the social media world. I'm happy to see that he's back. That there was honestly not a bigger bummer than him getting hurt in six minutes of summer league time. I instantly could tell how Blazer fan was feeling yeah. um, because of all the years of being beaten down with that stuff. Where does he fit? It's a good question. Um, I interviewed Joe a couple weeks ago on my radio show, and we kind of, me and Dirt are really big on, I really don't want to hear why not. I want to hear like playing time. I, I'm a believer in it. I, I've always believed, play the quarterback year one. Don't give a damn about him learning the game. Throw him to the wolves. Let's see what he's got. I'm the same kind of guy in basketball. I know he's raw. He's basically a high school prospect. Don't care. Get yeah. him 12 minutes a night. Where? I don't know. How? I don't know. Figure that out. But play this kid to see what you can get out of him. Maybe you advance his development further along than you think. I don't know where it fits. I don't know how he fits. He better play 12 or more minutes a night, man. Like, I, I'm all in on that train. Hyken told me he thinks he's going to get ant-like minutes in year one, which was seven. 
I'll be a little disappointed if he doesn't play at least 10. I just, you need him, right? He's kind of what their future is, whether it's a trade chip down the road or the next Kobe Bryant here in Portland, you need him to be good. And so I'd rather him be good quicker rather than later. I don't know where he fits into the rotation because they got the heart GP two ant Dame thing, but you're going to play small anyway. So you're already leaning into having some smaller ball lineups, get him 10 or more minutes a game. That's all I ask of Chauncey builds, please for the love of God, play him 10 or more minutes. If he doesn't play and it's, and they're good. Is it a problem? Like if this team wins 48 games and Shaden Sharp isn't part, you know, he plays seven minutes a night or whatever, but it's blowout action and it's, and it's, you know, end of the bench. Like, I think uh, a listener pointed this out. It's like CJ Allaby, his rookie year played like 30 games because there's a lot of games when the game's decided and Hey, get in the last two minutes. If Sharp has something like that, is it, is it a problem? Like, is it not a failed season, but you know what I'm saying? Like, is it a, is it a missed opportunity? I, I don't think the, I think the vast majority would say no, because you won. I mean, if you win 48 games, you way overachieved. You had really an incredible good, yeah, year really and good, yeah. broke out, right? Like Jeremy Grant probably almost got to be an all-star. Nurk was amazing again. No, but I, in my mind, I'll be, I'll, I will feel like they missed on something, not as a prospect, but just in the opportunity to grow him. But maybe year two would be a jump. I, I would be slightly personally a little disappointed, even with a great regular season that they didn't find him more minutes. Want to take a moment to remind you the importance of driving safe. Think about this. You're hanging out with friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think for calling a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home safe. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your car insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, here's more of my conversation with Brandon Spray. Are you like, are, are you leaning more towards, you call them the Portland's Kobe Bryant, or are you like, where are you on sort of your excitement level for Shane Sharp? Portland's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's I mean, they took him They took him seven. He's six, five and a half. He can jump like 44 inches. He can supposedly shoot the rock. His teammates at Kentucky, while he didn't play a game, all his teammates rant and raved in practice about how he busted their ass. He got kicked out of a practice at Kentucky because John Calipari, he couldn't get him to stop talking S after he would dominate his teammates. When you have that kind of stuff in you, his handlers handled it wrong, but like, if yeah. you have that in you, yeah. Why would I not go as high end as I possibly can? He's the seventh guy taken like hell. Yeah. Lean into the Portland Kobe thing. Yeah. I mean, I I've, I've watched, you know, the clips that are available on YouTube of his EYBL days, his AAU days. It's easy to, it's really easy to be like, Oh, like, it's <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't think I've seen, I think I've seen him miss like three shots. You know, it's like, I haven't really, I haven't really ever, it's like I'm watching full games. Like I don't. That's I don't feel like that's my job here. Uh, no. But like I, I, um, I, I have seen enough of the step backs and the dunks and the little alley oops off back cuts where I'm like, 
yeah, okay, I'm in. Like, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be excited about him. But then, you know, he plays five and a half minutes, five minutes and 33 seconds in summer league. And he did make that one super tight baseline jump shot. That's, uh, I'll never Kobe forget S. that. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe S. S. Look yeah. at the touch. Didn't even, yes. didn't even hit the rim. Uh, and so, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it, I'm glad that he's healthy. I'm glad he's going to play. Like, I, I think the worst, not the worst case scenario for him, but a tough part is like, he's, he has to miss the first 11 games of the season. They go eight and three. There is no spot in the rotation for him. And there's no reason to mess with stuff. I want him to be ready to go get into training camp and like, make it hard. The best case scenario is that Chauncey Billups looks at Ant and GP and Josh Hart and says, cause Dame's minutes are set in stone. <laughs> Don't need to worry about those. But it's like, you look at those three guys and it's like, okay, how are we going to do this? Or look at Nas and say like, Nas, this dude's stealing your minutes. Like, you know, um, it's, mm-hmm. I, I think the best case scenario is that it's like really tricky to, because you want, cause Shaden Sharp is too good to bench. Where, where are you at on the, like what expect expectations is a tough word, I think, for his rookie year because of the roster. But like, where are you at in terms of play time? What you're kind of aiming to see in terms of the minute distribution? For, like, where are you at on that stuff? So I, I don't think rookies need to play uh, on good teams. I, I really don't. I think you can. Um, I think if your skill level is really high and you sort of get the pace of the game just by watching that they can drop you in and you can be ready to go. I think it actually hurt Ant's development early in this career when they said, okay, we're getting rid of Seth Curry and you're the backup shooting guard. And he just wasn't ready for that role. And then the expectations got turned on their head and it was like, Amphrey Simons isn't ready. He's not good. All these things. It's like, he needed a little more seasoning. He needed a little more. I mean, he also could have used a little more playing time coach, but uh, he like, he, yeah. he, I'm not under the impression that rookies have to play. I, I think you can, I am more of the, of in the Terry Stotts camp where I think you can get, get your work in behind the scenes and be dropped in when there's a space for you to be dropped in, because if you're good talent travels, but some of me wants to say, find out what you have. There's no reason to, there's no reason to, if, if he's killing behind the scenes and he looks pretty good, find out what you have, make sure he plays. I want him to play early. Like I want to see him in October and November. And then if he isn't, if he doesn't earn it in December, that's fine. But of those first six weeks of the season, I want to see Shaden Sharp on the court. And if he's getting dusted, let's see him get dusted. Like let's, let's, if he has to guard Devin Booker for six minutes in Phoenix and Devin Booker just puts him in the torture rack. That's great. Because I think of like a really high end outcome for Shaden Sharp is Devin Booker. Like, yeah. You know, and that'd like be that pretty amazing. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, let's, let's get him out there and like, see, like see it early. And if he's not ready, I will not, to me, it's I. I won't even, I won't be disappointed or anything. I'm just, I, I yeah. think it's fine if he's not ready to go because if he's not ready to go, that's just kind of the nature of this stuff. It's kind of win-win in that sense. And I, that's how I've always told fans is like, no matter what I think or somebody else thinks, it's like, if he doesn't play, it's probably because the guys in front of him are playing better and he's kind of coming along with the development and hey, year two could be big. If he does, it's like, holy crap, he's found his way into the rotation. Like, Portland's had enough bad things happen to them that I just don't understand the fan base that lives in the misery of like always no. finding the negative of it. And so I, I largely just kind of, I lean into the positive end of it because I'm with you, like put him in the torture rack with Devin Booker and, and see if that brings out a little dog in him, right? A yeah. little, uh, Oh, you got me. I'm going to get you. And if it doesn't, whatever, he's what eight, 19 years old. Like yeah. he'll have another season where he can, he can bounce back from that one. So I, I, I think that's a good way of putting it of, I'm more just disappointed because I'm with what you said. I, I want to see him. I want to yeah. see what he is. I want to I know what he is. Like, I've seen all these highlights, and you ain't going to post highlights where he's missing 
clanking shots, right? So I've seen the dunks. I've seen the shots. Like, I want to see that on the court. I also just think it's a position of need. I thought an interesting tell from Joe, and, you know, when you ask him about depth, he's pretty honest about some of that stuff. He basically indicated, like, Jabari is a position of need. He didn't find that piece, right? He found it in the second round. He didn't find it in free agency or in a trade market. So Jabari is a big 6'7", 6'8", kid. He seemed to show how to play off ball, distribute the ball, find an open guy, have confidence. Maybe he plays his way into the rotation because of his size. Joe seemed to indicate they are not going to be shy about playing the youth, about giving these guys. It's going to be almost an anti, a reverse of Terry, right? I I thought Terry was a great coach. I did think the one thing he kind of struggled with was never trusted the young dudes. Yeah, he he couldn't hang. He couldn't hang with youngsters making a mistake. It drove drove him crazy. Well, and I also, you know, let's, be, let's be fair to Terry here. I don't know if he was afforded the leeway to be able to do that either. Like he had gotten fired in Milwaukee, got fired in Atlanta. He was an assistant guy. He wasn't looked at as a head. Everybody in Portland thought he was a stepping stone after they right. went from Nate and Caleb Canales. So I think he just always wanted to win and do what he could to win. Whereas Chauncey may have a little more leeway to say, hey, experiment, see how good you can get these guys. And I think Joe is all in on playing Jabari and Shaden if they can find those minutes. Yeah, I... I- I mean, he said, it might have been on your radio show, uh, 1080 The Fan, also streaming on 1080TheFan.com. Uh, it was, it's that Sharp is, he just kind of mentioned in passing that Sharp is good enough to play, talented enough to play. And one of the things, so I, you know, I was on the beat. I was covering the team every day as my full-time job when, when Neil Olshay was uh, in charge. I got to know kind of the way Neil talked in public and I'd be able to grab little things like, that's what he just said there is, is, is this is what he means. I don't know Joe that well. Like I've, yeah. I've known him cause I've been around the team and I've, you know, when I was at games or whatever, I would chat with him a little bit last year, but I don't know him very well. Like full disclosure. Uh, I will be watching closely, remembering his public comments to try to get a sense of what he's like, because he did say he'd mentioned sharp without being prompted as like, a, Oh, he can, you know, you guys were asking about small ball and he was talking about, Oh, playing at the three. And it's like, all right, well, that's, if he's going to play, that's where there's minutes for him is that small forward. So um, can you play a skinny 19 year old at small forward in the NBA? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. As you say that out loud, probably not, but we'll find out. Anyway. Let's find out. Let's find <laughs> out. Uh, speaking of guys, he's going to uh, Shane Sharp is going to compete with for minutes. Wh- what is GP2's role? What is Gary Payton's role? And is he, you know, I think he's kind of billed as the problem solver. Where does he solve those problems? Well, I mean, defensively that kind of writes for itself. I mean, he is one of the, preemptive point of attack defenders uh sandis findiari does a light years pod he's basically warriors heavy podcast he's a really good dude he sent me over some numbers because blazer fan saw that signing was like oh really we're gonna pay gp2 and i'm like did you guys watch the nba finals because yeah, did you shift. watch the whole playoffs yeah i mean it shifted when he came back but you know if you can have a 6-3 dude play a 6-7 jalen brown and play him pretty well I think that bodes well for what he's going to bring defensively. Offensively, it's a pretty easy fix. I, I really do believe Dame's always been linked to Draymond, right? They got a great relationship. I don't think it's a secret that Dame is watching what's going on in the Bay going, oh, I'd love to have that same thing. I'd love to yeah. be stiff in this instance. So when people are like, oh, there's copy of Golden State, it's like, oh, you mean the most successful organization in the last 10 Over years? Over the last the decade, yeah, exactly. No big deal. Um He's going to have the same role offensively that he had in Golden State. He's going to be a slasher, his slight ball handler, kind of handoff kind of guy. That's what I, I think everything he did in Golden State, 
is exactly what they're going to be asking him to do here in Portland. No more offensively, no less defensively. It's going to say, hey, we watched the NBA Finals. Here's the tape. Just do that. You know, we got Ant and Dame out there. Just do that. And he thrived in that role. He didn't need the ball offensively. He found the holes when he would cut. He's a really good, I think, inside-out guy. And, you know, he'd shoot a ton of threes. But Yeah, the shooting is a question. But if he's a... If he's a screener, like if he sets the screens, that's why it's weird playing him with Nurk. But if they, if they go super small in those lineups, or if Nurk just stands at another spot, uh, we won't get two X's and O's heavy here. But like right. uh, GP as a screener helps because, like you said, the decision making that that Draymond role, and also he's just really good at rolling to the rim. He's really good at it. Um, he's like a center on offense. Like that's his kind of his role. Is he's like a power forward or a center on offense. On the other end, he's a two or a three. He can guard up yeah. a little bit. Like he switched on to Jason Tatum and they didn't worry about it in Golden State, but they don't worry about that type of thing in the way that other teams do. They are, they got one of the great help defenders in the history of the sport behind them and they will just figure it out from there. So yeah, I, my question for him is how many minutes can you play him when you need to play Josh Hart? When you need to, you know, when Ant's going to play 35 minutes, regardless of when he's going to play 34 minutes, 34, 36 minutes, somewhere in that range. How much can you like, how much can you play GP? Is it like, is it, is it half the game? Is it 24 minutes? Is it 28 minutes? Is it, you know, like how much does he play? I guess is my question. Or in your, in your, if you had to guess. I think given what they need and they're, they're going to need a lot of help defensively. We, you know, Ant, I know is on a mission to show that he can be a better defender, but like, we need to see that. Sure. I think he's going to be in that 27, 28 range. You know, he's a guy that you can trust for a large portion of it. I mean, look no further than Steve Kerr getting super pissed when he got that uh, fouled by Dylan Brooks. Look, I also just kind of believe in him and, and it's a little biased, but I'll be honest about it. He is one of the most underrated and all time best players in Oregon state basketball history. The orange Let's express. Go. And, and I go. I know they got last... your crew back. They got the beeves on the back end of the bench. Yes. Let's go. Sign Drew Eubanks, third string center. Let's go. I, I, but I, what I mean by that is I saw a lot of bad basketball at Oregon State for many a year. He single-handedly took that bottom gutter in program and got them to the NCAA tournament. So at that point, I was kind of a believer in him, struggled to catch on, but he was too good for the G League. He'd go out and score right. like 45 points. He got caught in that in-between, and he found his, his role I'm glad he did. And I just, I've been a believer of that dude for a long time. I thought it was kind of gimmick. It's like, oh, Gary Payton's kid. Okay, of course he comes here. And then I watched him play. I'm like, holy crap, this kid yeah. has a lot of what his dad had. And so I just, I think they're going to play him 27, 26, 28 minutes, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I, I, I think that's about right. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can bet on all your NBA futures bets. You can bet on the ML, the end of the MLB season as we head towards the playoffs in baseball. You can bet on North American soccer leagues, the MLS, or the NWSL. You can bet on European soccer as it has totally ramped back up and we're in the middle of it. You got golf, you got tennis, you got combat sports, whatever it is, you're going to find... More lines, more props, more odds than anywhere else if you go to betonline.net. So don't wait. Go take advantage. Go to BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Here's more of my conversation with Brandon Sprague. You got Nas. You got Josh Hart. You got Gary Payton. Who closes those games? Who finishes on the court at the end of the game? Because I think it's kind of a lock 
the other four guys, unless something weird happens and you can't play Nurk. But I think it's kind of a lock that Damon, Damon Lord, Amphrey Simons, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic are on the court at the end of games. Who's the fifth guy? This is a hard one. Um, obviously, there's a lot of matchups that are going to have, you got to play Nurk, right? Unless he fouls out. You're just going to have to. I think in the instances where you don't have that matchup problem, they're actually going to roll small ball five. And I they could seem see, to be, they seem to be saying that they will. Yeah. And I could see, you know, and for big guys going to have to learn with it. He got a four year deal. They gave him the bag. Like, I don't want to, if we, if you at any one point during the year, or we at any one point in the year have to have podcasts where we're talking about the buy-in or the attitude, I'm going to be super pissed, man, because there's no reason to believe he won't have it, but he just was given the bag like four years guaranteed. Here you go. And so, like, that should buy you out of the bad attitude. And yes. so, 65, the first 65 games should be cool. Yes. And so, like, if they're not playing Denver or Philadelphia or Minnesota, and they got, you know, there's a couple other bigs in there. But, like, if you're largely not playing a team with a dominant big, I think they're more likely than not actually going to sit Nurk, run Jeremy at the five, um, and just kind of roll with whoever, Hart, Ant, Dame, whatever it ends up working out. I think actually Nurk will get the short end of the stick. On the nights where you need a big, I, I think it's I think it's going to be your starting lineup. I think they're going to roll with that, assuming Nas stays healthy and shows a little growth. Um, I, I think it's going to be that for the size factor. The Josh Hart-Nas thing for closing lineups is going to be interesting because Josh has shown like he can play off ball, but he can also be a ball-dominant guy and distribute a little bit, whereas like Nas still has so many question marks. Right. It's tough to gauge. I just think non-center nights, they're going to roll small. Nurk's going to sit. And the other nights, it's going to be, who has it? Is it Hart or is it is it Nas? Yeah, I mean, Josh Hart is a way better basketball player than Nazir Little right now. Uh, it's not it's not super close. Can't argue it, yeah. What you hope is that the gap decreases a bunch. The gap, you know, just shrinks. And then, again, the best case scenario is that Chauncey Billups has an impossible job coaching a roster with 11 good players. You can't play 11 guys in the league. It's hard to play 10 nine is what coaches are most comfortable with because it's hard to give a guy three minutes and a half and be like, go out there. And he runs up and down a couple of times, like, come on back. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Or you play him, you know, five minutes in the second quarter and he doesn't play in the second half. If you go into an NBA locker room, they hand out box scores and guys look at the box score. They look at two things, minutes and shots. Some guys will look at plus minus if they're not big shot guys. You know, if they don't shoot a lot, but everyone in the league looks at minutes and shots. And if you don't have to look at minutes because you played zero, you'll just be mad. And that is the, to me, that's the tricky part here, right? Is like, if Nurk doesn't play the last six minutes, he's going to look at that box score mad. That gets tricky. If Josh Hart is playing fewer minutes than Nazir Little and knows he's better, but says, oh, he's, you know, he's a, a longer 6'5 than my 6'5. He's going to, it's, you know, it, there's, there is a lot to work out um, with the rotation because I, I think it's relatively flat. Like, I don't think the difference between GP and Nas and Josh Hart is really, is really wide and the fit matters. So I, they're supposed to open the locker room back up next year, knock on wood. I want to go. I, I'm excited to be in there a handful of times and see people upset, see people frustrated, or see people excited. You know, one way or another, um, what that is because, like you said, I, I think there's a, a bunch of different ways you can go at the end of games. Yeah, I, I think I think everything you're hitting on is great. Um, be interested to see. Danny told me that Nas is up to 231, the pride of Chapel Hill, 231, 
I'll, I'll claim he's from, he's from Florida. <laughs> that is a, that's he spent a big, nine months in Chapel Hill. Hey, Hey, you take it when you get it. Uh, that is a big, uh, that's a big six, five and a half like that. What you lack in foot speed, you're going to make up when they touch your chest. And yeah, they're strength like, is, strength is hugely important in, in it's garbage. Huge. And yeah. I think he's leaning all into the, I want to be a different, I want to be honest. I want to gain weight every year and be like, Whoa, that dude's getting yoked. And so like, I'm fascinated to see. I think he's one of the more interesting players coming up this season, right? Like we're talking a lot about Dame and Ann and GP2. He's kind of like flying under the radar of he's never been healthy. He's contract year, whether they give him the extension before the year or not, we'll see. And they're going to ask him to start. So I, at least I assume they will. Me too. Yeah. I think he's almost guaranteed to start. Yeah. So like, this is your year. Like you got to go show what you've picked up that you can stay healthy and what you can contribute uh, to this franchise. I think he's one of the more fascinating ones. Yeah. I had him as a, I did a show earlier, maybe a month ago now, like he's my, maybe my biggest swing player on the roster, him and Jeremy Grant. Like if Jeremy Grant's really good, he's going to propel this team. But like, if Nas is a starting small forward, like if he's a starting caliber small forward and like, you know, whatever, a slightly above average starting wing in the league, that checks so many boxes for them. That that checks so many boxes. It adds some, it adds some sort of box score strife in the locker room <laughs> after games. But it is it is it is so much easier to be on a team when you say, well, that dude's really good. Like I'm not getting to play, but that dude's good. It's harder to be on a team, and the uh, NBA ecosystem is so fragile because there's 15 dudes and they all think they're great. Like it's harder to be on a team where it's like. Yeah, he's bigger than me. Like I'm only two two oh eight. He's two thirty one. I get it, but like I'm better. Let me on the court. Like let me have a chance. If he's really good, I think that helps quell some of the beef because you're like, oh, he's, he's kicking ass. Let's let's go do it. Let me ask you this real quick, Mike. Non Blazer player related. This is a you question. So you know, I've gotten to know you over the years. You've been on my radio show. We've done podcasts together and stuff. Like you were on the beat at one point, and you know, I'm a radio slob. So like I show up to a game and I'm like, I'm going to wear my really nice t-shirt and I'll show up to a game like nonchalant, just kind of dressed like that. You are, you were old school as a writer, you and Freeman hold all and quick. Like you guys were always in some suits. Are you now that you're going back, if they, you assume they let us back in the locker room, are we getting podcast Mike in a suit or is podcast Mike going to be radio Sprague where he shows up in a nice t-shirt? He's like, it is what it is, man. I'm doing a podcast. I'll talk to you a little bit just for the content's sake. I have downgraded from from tie and a, and a coat to to sweater. I'm a sweater guy, um, but also sweater like guy. Yes. Uh, in the before times, I was going to an office, so I would wear like slacks or whatever for my for my business job, business officey job. So I would wear like I'd look like little Portland business boy in there. Um, it wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily read like podcaster, but when I when I've been going there, I, I've uh, mostly sweaters. But I have gotten be, because my role has changed so much. I've gotten increasingly sloppier. I my the I am way more towards the t-shirt spread look than yes, uh, than I've ever go. been. I've definitely worn hoodies to the games and stuff like that. When you're on the road, it's good to look professional because sure. it's like. I flew to San Antonio and I'm taking my job seriously. Hello, Mo Harkless or whatever. When you come in for the, for a game and it's particularly how interviews work now, 
I don't need to convince Trendon Watford that I'm an important person. I just need to ask him a question and have him answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like I don't need to. It, it's different because I'm not developing that. Like I'm going to see you every single day. Let's get this relationship. I don't want to look like a doofus, but uh, you know, it's it's a little bit different, particularly in the um, you know wear a mask press conference setting that the interviews have been for the last couple of years. No, I, I didn't mean to make a slide on that. I totally get why you guys were dressed up the way that you were. Oh, no, no, no. It's so yeah. much different than mine. I just, I, uh, comfort over beauty for me. Comfort oh, over I'm, beauty. I'm, I'm there too. Thanks again to Brandon for joining the show. Like I mentioned at the top of this episode, if you missed the first part of our conversation, it is available for you on your feed right before this one. And make sure to come back for Friday's show where Brandon and I, Brandon will be back and we'll play a game called Confidence Level where I ask Brandon what he's confident in about your Portland Trailblazers. It's fun. You won't want to miss it. Tell your friends to do the same and check it out. Make sure they don't miss it either. Either Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. All that good stuff. I appreciate you listening. And I'll talk to you soon.